This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Disney Magic this week. Got a couple of requests for this one. It went from San Juan to Miami. Brad will be here in just a couple of seconds to chat all about that. Last week, I was down in Miami for the annual Sea Trade Conference, a cruise industry conference. Had a chance to get a couple of minutes with Carnival's brand ambassador, John Heald. So we'll check in with John in just a couple of moments as well. Don't forget about our Cruise Radio YouTube channel and Cruise Radio News. Quick hits of the news Monday through Friday. Friday, just type in Cruise Radio News where you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, Brad just got back from a five-night repositioning cruise aboard Disney Magic from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami, and he joins us on the line. Hey, Brad. Hey, Doug. How you doing? Good, man. So uh, we'll take a step back. As always, what made you want to take this five-night repo cruise? Well, one of the main things is we've always wanted to uh, kind of dab our feet into, our toes into the Southern Caribbean. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit trickier for us to take, and so... And we, we live near Galveston, so any of the, nothing from the Galveston goes that down that far. So this particular repositioning cruise took us to a couple of southern Caribbean islands and uh, ports. So we thought, well, let's give it a try. So you booked it and flew down to San Juan. So you're, at, you're out west a little bit. You make it down to San Juan. Did you do a pre-cruise night? Yeah, you had to. Boy, it was a long flight yeah. from here because we had to go all the way to Orlando and then down. And so it ended up being a pretty long trip. Uh, but we spent the night in Old San Juan. It was called the Casablanca Hotel. How was and, it? Uh, if you're looking for really nice amenities in a pretty hotel with a lot of flash, then then don't bother. This is when I say Old San Juan. Yeah, it's old. Yeah. It's right down down in the heart of Old San Juan, where it's just one street, one lane going one direction. You walk out of the hotel and you're basically standing in the street. But the beds were extremely comfortable. It was very eclectic, very nice. And and we just got out of the out of there the next morning and went on a day walk all through the forts and stuff and then grabbed our quick uh, Uber over to uh, to the port. So I really enjoyed it. It made it nice. Did you get to see the street in San Juan with the umbrellas? Yes. Yeah. It's pretty cool, yeah, isn't it? Pretty cool. Yeah, that was amazing. You mentioned that it being a long flight. Uh, so I flew up there a couple of weeks ago, or down down there, I should say, and I had to go from Jacksonville, Florida, to JFK in New York City, and then oh, a four-and-a-half-hour no. flight from JFK to Puerto Rico. Talk about going the wrong way to get there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, hope the, I hope the rate was really good. <laughs> yeah, it was JetBlue, so you can't really complain on that. Um, so you make your way to the cruise pier to embark Disney Magic. How was the embarkation process for you? I'm now a, a fan favorite for San Juan. Okay. <laughs> Not only was it nice being able to get a hotel, get from the the airport to a nice hotel in old San Juan and just enjoy that part and then get what, 10 minutes maybe for the Uber to get over to the port, but uh, very quick, very smooth. It's kind of like the old warehouse feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some ports like like the one we were at in the Hawaii had that where it wasn't really a, a terminal. It's just kind of a, a big warehouse. But it was quick, easy, simple, got right on the ship. And uh, I bet we were on from handing our bags over to on the boat in maximum 20 minutes. Oh, nice. Not bad at all. So what were your first impressions once you boarded Disney Magic? 
Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the Magic, and so I've been on it since they did the refurb, but my wife had not. But the special one on this was this was a, um, a Christmas cruise. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it, all the Christmas decorations and the gingerbread house and everything. It was interesting in that you boarded it on a level which I'd never boarded on before. I think it was like the fourth level or something. You're like a level up from where we used, used to get on where you're down, you know, right by the dining. So um, that was a little bit unique. But, yeah, it was nice. It was beautiful. Does San Juan have a jetway from the terminal to the ship? Uh or gangway, or do you board like yeah, from it's the a street gangway. level? You 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 go up a, like a, you know a kind of crisscross mm -hmm. steps. You go okay. back and forth and back and forth until you're up to the level they want you at. Okay, so you make your way on board the ship. You go to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? We booked an ocean view stateroom uh, this time. They were basically out of the uh, the uh, verandas. My wife likes the veranda, but the crazy part is she never sits on it. She just likes to open it at night and let the air, the breeze blow in. So, <laughs> but, uh, we really enjoyed it. It was a nice one. I did a guarantee this time. So I didn't know where I was going to end up. Uh, we ended up, which floor were we on? We we're on one of the lower floors, uh, maybe the second. Okay. Um, but it was a bigger porthole. So it had to have been second floor and, uh, it was good. It, I really enjoyed it. And of course, Disney staterooms have a tendency to be just a little bit bigger than some of the other cruise lines. So it was nice for the two of us. It was great. And plenty of, I mean, it's, I know it's only a five night cruise, but like you found there to be plenty of space for storage and the, the yep. bathroom was adequate and uh, plenty of plugs and all of that. Exactly. There's always a, the plug issue is always a, a kind of a struggle, mm -hmm. but I, we always bring a, a, a little um, adapter that I have that converts and, and does like four USB ports on it. And so that always takes care of us for whatever we need, but it has the split bathroom, which we love. And it had, uh, and of course the storage under the bed, which is the greatest invention ever put on a cruise ship just about. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's talk about the dining experience on board. Uh, rotational dining on Disney Magic, going to a different dining room. Well, you rotate between three different dining rooms. How was that? You know what? I think the last time, it's been several years since we did a Disney and, um, uh, that one, the food wasn't very good. Every time we ever, we'd been on before, this was our fifth cruise. I'm finally gold. So, okay. but, um, this one, they were back to back to the old days, man. The food, uh, we ate four of the five nights in the main dining room and, uh, we did not have a bad meal the entire stay. They were amazing. Wow. What was your favorite? Like what meal really stuck out to you? Uh, that was the sit-down rotational, mm -hmm. probably was Lumiere's, but that's because I, I have a tendency to like French food. So, so when I got to get my uh, escargot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which, I, actually, have you ever been to, um, to be our guest at Walt Disney World? Yes. Have you ever had times. dinner in there? Yes. Is it kind of the same menu or not really? Well, a little bit more upscale okay. than be our guest, but similar, similar yeah. in some ways. Because uh, you said escargot. I had escargot when I went to be our guest a couple of months ago. It was uh, it was pretty good. Um, well, and they just switched that. So your menu probably now there would be very similar to it because they've gone to that pre-fee menu, right? Yeah, they have. Yeah. Yeah. So that's they, they've kind of plussed it up there. So I haven't been there since they've done that there. So they're probably very similar now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you said you went to the main dining room four out of five nights. What did you do that, that other night? Uh, the first night we booked Palos, the one adult restaurant the um on the aboard the the magic how was that and that was as always <laughs> we love palos and uh, we're, we're kind of a fine dining 
uh, we love to do that kind of thing. When I, we, we just ran the half marathon in Disney World, and I took my wife to Victorian Alberts for the first time. So oh, nice. we like to step it out when we when we go on a trip. So, and uh, Powell's gives you that feeling. It's not as good as Remy's mm-hmm. on the on the dream and the and the fantasy, but it was very good. The service was impeccable. It was just one of those very special event dining experiences, and there wasn't uh, all the food was great, and the experience was fantastic. Is Palo the restaurant that has the brunch with the crab legs? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Palo's. And the brunch I've had, I've had good ones, and I've had some that weren't as good. I've never had a bad one, mm-hmm. but uh, but I've always had good dinners at Palo's. But yeah, they do the brunch, and now they actually do a. Uh, like a champagne brunch on on some of the ships too. I think on the Dream and the Fantasy. Didn't they recently raise the price in Palo? It got announced just recently. I yeah, don't know that it it's gone up. My my rate was still the same, but it, but I I was grandfathered in from when I booked. Yeah. But yeah, it's just gone up. It went up like five dollars. I'm thinking. Okay. Does that sound right? About five dollars a person. Yeah, it was they something went, like that. It's uh, thirty five to forty now forty dollars per person. But honestly, I, I I'll pay it. I mean, yeah, that, it was a great meal. Did you spend any time in the buffet area or any meals in there? We did, you know, for lunches and that type of thing. Uh, um, once for breakfast and then uh, about two or three lunches, we went to the buffet. And it was the usual buffet, uh, good food, hot, tasty. Uh, you you use the, the technique of going to the egg place and saying, I, I would like to have my eggs over easy or something, or I want a fresh omelet. That way, you know, you get... You get real eggs, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the food was good um, and a lot of variety. You know, that's the nice thing with buffets. Um, there's just a lot of variety there, so we did enjoy the the buffet as well. How was the entertainment on this five night cruise? Really good. That's one of the reasons why we Disney's probably our favorite. I can't afford to do Disney all the time, but mm. but uh, of course, uh, all the the shows were. Uh, Two of the three I've already seen before, but I've always enjoyed them. They were excellent, but the but the guest ones uh, we had uh, got, uh, two guys called named uh, Bucket and Boards. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever heard seen those guys? I have not. They were really good. Now that was their last uh, last cruise on this contract, and I actually talked to one of the guys in the hallway, and it sounds like they're going to be stepping away for a little while before they go back onto a cruise ship. But they were they do a lot of per, uh, percussion, creative percussion, you know, buckets and boards. And uh, it was really good. They were two of the best uh, percussion like that and comedy that I think I've seen. I really enjoyed them. And then we had a guy named uh, John Cassidy who does balloons and does all kinds of huge balloon art. And and uh, th- that was a that was a good one too. We didn't see him in the adult show, but we did see Bucket and Boards show, and it was really good as well. With the after hours adult show, since Disney is pretty much like a you know, a, a family cruise line. Yeah, PG thirteen. Yeah, so so it is. Is it is it get raunchy like on like Carnival and Royal Caribbean at night, like the adult show, or is it more like like you said PG thirteen? Honestly, it really depends. I've okay. been on those when I've gone to an adult one where it's a com- just a comedy guy, and it got it got pretty rough. It was like, okay, well, we're not on a Disney ship anymore. <laughs> but uh, with the bucket and boards, they weren't. They they few things were in there, but. Really, barely, barely above PG thirteen. I mean, it was it was pretty mild. How was the ship on sea days? We only had one sea day with this being a shorter repositioning. So uh, let me just mention, and we didn't mention before, this cruise was just for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Our kids didn't go with us. This was just kind of a couple's thing, and we got away. 
So on sea days, we found on Disney ships, it's an absolute uh, dream because we don't worry about how busy the main pools are because we spend all of our time back in the adult area. Um, we always get the rainforest pass. And here's a little tip. You get the rainforest pass. Guys, get the rainforest pass. Go down in the morning. Um, go in. Steam. Do whatever. Then go in and they have shavers and everything right there. You can shave in the bathroom and get all prepped. Take a shower and a big shower right there in the in the, uh, in the the uh, area where the rainforest is. And uh, that's the best way to get ready for your day instead of a little tiny shower in a bathroom. You know, but, I've uh, never heard in all my years of doing this about the rainforest pass. Is that like a thermal suite? Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's okay. a, they call it a rainforest, okay. but it's a thermal suite. That's exactly what it is. Right. Yep. The only thing different with Disney I've noticed is that when the others, I didn't usually see that when you go in, there'll be like a little basket full of uh, you know double blade razors and shaving cream and all of that, which I, I don't ever remember seeing that on any of the other lines. But uh, yeah, everything else, same, St- you know, the, the shower rooms, the steam rooms, the thermal lounges. Huh. How much was that pass? For the couples, for a five-day, was just over $200. That's not really bad because they usually run you like $139 a piece or so. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking it was a little less because it was a shorter cruise. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking because that's what I remember usually paying was around 140 or so per person. But they, they knocked off a little bit if you bought a couple's pass. Okay. So you started in San Juan, but you went to St. Kitts, Tortola, huh? and your last one was Castaway, and then to Miami. So what I'll have you do here, Brad, just tell me the port you went to and a highlight, then move to the next one. Okay. Well, our first port was uh, St. Kitts. Uh, we had never been there before, so we were excited, and we thought we'd uh, do something and get a, give us a view of the uh, a lot of the island. So we took a four by four safari and a beach break, and uh, the uh, safari goes up into a rainforest, and it was definitely a rainforest. Man, I'll tell you what, they had to lock in the hubs to climb mm-hmm. the, some of those hills. <laughs> they were bouncing around, um, but it was beautiful, beautiful scenery, um, a lot of great information from the guides. Our guide uh, took a little while to get our Jeep going compared. There was like four Jeeps there, but he was out picking stuff out of the grass. And we're thinking, what's he doing? And all of a sudden he comes back to the safari truck and he starts handing us all these things. And what they were was just uh, spices and things that he was picking out of the grass and saying, this, smell this and taste this. And so it was pretty cool and uh, a lot of fun. He was an interesting guy. I thought I was back in India because he, uh, Driving right next to cars. He took the mirror off one of the cars, just oh, took geez. it right off <laughs> and kept driving. It's like, yeah, no big deal. But that was amazing. That a rainforest experience was really good. We did do a, a beach stop and we ate in a restaurant. The beach stop was kind of where they stopped. wasn't a very good beach. So um, I'm going to give a, give St. Kitts a, another try and go to a real beach. So, Isn't St. Kitts where the Atlantic meets the Caribbean Sea? I don't know that. Yeah, that I, sounds about right, though, because that's it's right at the edge. It's the first island just past San Juan. So yeah, I, I feel like they they said on the north side of it is where they two meet. They like they violently meet, uh, or uh, they were saying. Huh? I hadn't heard that one. See, yeah. I got you. I so I have to listen to your podcast. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, <laughs> so let's see here. So then you went to Tortola next. How was that? That was one I was a little nervous about because every time I'd look to try to uh, to book an excursion or line it out, um, everything was was so were basically not showing up like it was sold out. And so pretty soon I started realizing they weren't sold out. They weren't. They just weren't running. So I was concerned that Tortola was still not really recovered from the from the storms. 
But when we got there, actually, it wasn't bad. It was the, I don't really know why a lot of them weren't there. So a lot of the things you'd normally go to weren't available. So we did a canopy tour uh, zip line mm-hmm. and a, a scenic drive. It's the first time my wife has ever said yes to doing a zip lining in a situation like that. So I had to go for that, you know, yeah. and she'll go for it. How was the island, Brad? Um, did it look bad after the storm? It did not look bad in the areas where we were at. So I was kind of surprised. I was waiting for it to be torn up because everything was sold out. But So I don't know if it's just recovered in the tourist areas mm-hmm. uh, and the rest of it is rough. The other side of the island is where you go to the to the big stones and all of that. And that was one that we couldn't – it was all – we couldn't get the excursion to go there. So Yeah, huh. But no, it, it looked really good from where from the areas where we saw it. So I was pleasantly surprised. And everyone's favorite is Castaway. How was that? Castaway Key was a it was a fun day. We happened to be right in the middle of training for our half marathon, and so one day we had to train in the fitness center on board the ship. And then the day we were at Castaway was one of our key uh, training days. So we did for the first time the Castaway Key five k. So that was a lot of fun, um, getting off the ship and doing that first thing. And then we just kind of took it easy the rest of the day after running. We went to the adult beach and uh, just played out in the surf quite a while, eventually made our way over to the snorkeling area where my wife tried to kill herself and <laughs> and then and then just uh, had a great lunch. Man, there, the lunch on the Disney Island Castaway Key, it is amazing. I really enjoy it. I'm curious. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Is the is the medal you get for running the 5K, is it rubber or metal? They don't call it a medal. They say it's a 5K medallion. Oh, oh fancy. Okay. Yeah, not fancy. Politely saying this is a rubberized. Oh. <laughs> it's nice. But, you know, you didn't, when you pay anything to run on it, it's free. You just have to make sure when you first – you can't book it in advance. So as soon as you get on board, go straight to guest services. You need to ask, are they running a 5K at – at Castaway Key on this cruise, they'll say yes or no, and then if there's availability, they'll sign you up. But in all fairness, they are charging you an arm and a leg to cruise Disney, so they should there give you, you a metal medal. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and I cut you off, Brad. You were talking about the food, though. Oh, it's really good on the island. I, I mean, what do you think of the food on the island there, the you Castaway Key, at the, at the barbecue places? Yeah, Did so you enjoy I, that? I, I, I do like the barbecue. I was in Half Moon K last week, and I, I enjoy the barbecue. I mean, if they have a different, like an option, like um, like a lobster roast or something on the beach or lobster, grilled lobster or whatever, I'll always opt for that. But I'll always swing sure. by the barbecue just to grab a, some chicken and ribs. Yeah, the, the food was really good. I was surprised. Um, but I'd definitely go for the lobster on the – Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> but yeah, so Castaway Key was as great as always. We always enjoyed it. It's always a relaxing day for us. Um, the snorkeling is always a little bit iffy mm-hmm. because you get so many people in that little that little bay and it gets so full of murky sand stirred up. And, yeah. and my wife went out a little bit too far. Uh-oh. And after having run a 5K and I said, I'm going to go over here and look at some more fish. She said, OK, go ahead. You go ahead over there and watch. I'm just going to swim in. Well, then she cramped up. Ooh. And luckily, I had just got this feeling, you know what, I need to go be with my wife. And I started swimming towards her, and I got there just in time for her to scream for about the fifth time, the most blood-curdling scream. And she was going down for the last time, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, Glad she cramped. Uh... Cramp was all the way up her entire side by the time I got to her. So I, I towed her in. And Look at you, lifeguard. There you go. That was my, <laughs> my scuba diving training. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. <laughs> Did, didn't you, you got certified on a Royal Caribbean ship, didn't you? Or you got like your card? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. 
On the Oasis. That's right. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Um, so you get to Miami, Brad. How was your debark process? That's a great port. Um, I'm really looking forward to using Miami more. I love uh, when I do Royal Caribbean, we like to go out of Fort Lauderdale if we can because it's so close to the airport. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so easy and so simple. Um, Miami is pretty much the same. We were actually flying out of Fort Lauderdale because we fly southwest. And so we got into debarkation. We actually took our luggage off. Uh, my wife and I have a differing opinion. I thought it was extremely smooth, and I do that every time. She felt like it was a little bit more uh, of a burden to try to take the luggage off. But when you carry it off yourself, it makes things fast. So, and they don't do the, you don't have to declare things anymore. Um, so we got off, we showed our passports at a little booth and once again, probably 15 minutes to the curb. Not bad. Caught our Uber and we headed for uh, Fort Lauderdale airport. Do you remember what you paid for that Uber between Port Miami and Lauderdale airport? Yeah. I don't remember exactly to me. If I remember correctly, it was around $40. Okay. So for two of us, yeah. That's not bad. Do you have any first-time tips to offer folks who are sailing Disney? Well, uh, I already mentioned one of them. That was the Rainforest Spa. Mm-hmm. If you have not done that, get that. It's a great thing. We tend to use that and then not do so much of the, the spa treatments anymore. We wait to go to the islands and get a massage for half the price and when we're relaxing on a beach. And then the thermal spa is great because we just take out some time that day. And like I mentioned before, that's where I go and do my do my shower and shave in yeah. a big shower. Take advantage of the movies. Uh, that's one thing about the Disney cruise ships with the, their full movie theater. Uh, you're always going to get really good, uh, sometimes first first run movies that have just come out. And of course, Disney being Disney, if you like Disney movies, you'll always have great ones. We we saw for the first time the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, uh, Ralph breaks the Internet, and uh, The Incredibles too. All three of those we hadn't seen yet. We also watched Christopher Robin. So, oh, take advantage of the movies. And then last but not least, if you're sailing out of San Juan, stay in old San Juan. That was such a cool way to kind of start your vacation. And we got up in the morning and we just kind of went to the little cafes along the street and then walked up to the forts and really had an, it was like a free excursion day before we got on the boat to head out to parts unknown. Brad, your final thoughts of Disney magic. I love the redo of the ship. Personally, I, I the one that's on the Disney Dream and the and the Fantasy. What's the water ride on that? Aqueduct or something like that. Yeah, the Aqueduct. You know, it's fun. It's nice, but I like the drop slide. That's a that's more fun to me, and uh, and I like the way they've set it up. I like sailing the smaller ship. Uh, it does make things feel a little bit more cozy, uh, and yet not crowded. And uh, and we're big fans of Disney. Uh, if I could get them to drop that price about thirty five percent, I'd be on it all the time. So we'll see how things go when they get their new two ships in. Yeah, congrats on running that half marathon, man. That's awesome, and uh, always a pleasure speaking with you. You too, Doug. Thanks, man, and thanks for all you do. I love your show. If you have an Amazon Alexa enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? 
market-leading specialist, CruisingExcursions.com, offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at CruiseRadio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. Dan Skilkin from TripInsurance.com is here to talk about, well, the airline that went bankrupt a couple of weeks ago, Wow Airline, and answer a couple of your listener questions. Dan, welcome to the show. Doug, it's a pleasure to be here. I wanted to bring you on this week because last week we heard that WOW Airline went bankrupt and a lot of cruise passengers use WOW or used WOW to fly from the East Coast to London to catch cruises out of Southampton. So how would insur- uh, trip insurance benefit someone in this instance where the airline just overnight went bankrupt? Well, first of all, let's just talk in general. If you If you have coverage for uh, bankruptcy of an airline like that, and you suddenly missed your cruise because of, uh, you had to cancel because of the bankruptcy, then uh, yes, you would be covered. Uh, But we should talk a bit about um, bankruptcy coverage in general. First of all, most of the bankruptcy uh, provisions in travel insurance plans, doesn't matter whether you're buying on tripinsurance.com or or buying from a cruise company or, or, or another third party, most of them have a time requirement on when you have to buy, that you've got to buy the insurance within 14 or 15 days of making your initial trip deposit, much like um, a pre-existing condition waivers and cancel for any reason coverage. The reason for this is because when people get wind that an airline is going to have trouble, they run out and buy travel insurance, and the travel insurance company doesn't want to get stuck with a lot of claims because people bought it as a known risk. So if you buy the insurance when you make your initial deposit, then they're sure that the reason that you're buying it is to cover the trip, not just to cover the bankruptcy. A lot of them also have a requirement that the bankruptcy has to occur at least 14 days after you purchase the plan. So that's covering the the travel insurance company so that they don't have a huge number of claims based on people just running out to buy insurance to cover a potential bankruptcy. So assuming that you've you've satisfied those two, then first of all, the travel insurance company will, generally speaking, if you can switch to another airline, they'll pay any fees or any cost of that ticket to switch to the other airline. In the case of WOW, I think an awful lot of those customers may actually end up with no, uh, no refund at all. And the travel insurance would have covered that expense and the expense of the trip or the expense to get them on another airline to get them over over for the, the cruise. If uh, if the bankruptcy happened in the last minute and the only tickets that you could get would mean that you would have missed one or two days of the cruise, generally speaking, the travel insurance plan will cover the cost to get you to the next cruise destination and anything that you've lost, any value you lost of those nights you lost on the cruise itself. So it's a good idea to buy the insurance to just cover you for things like this kind of bankruptcy. You just got to remember to buy it within 14 or 15 days of making your initial trip deposit. 
One more thing that I want to add here, because while we're on the topic of bankruptcy, most travel insurance plans will cover bankruptcy of a travel supplier if you're buying the insurance from a third party. If you're buying your travel insurance from a cruise company, almost all those plans exclude bankruptcy coverage of the cruise company. But also, most plans exclude bankruptcy from your travel supplier. So let's assume you used a travel agent to buy your trip, and the travel agent went bankrupt and didn't pay for your trip. You're really you're in you're in a bad place there because you're not going to have coverage for it. Yeah, they'd be in some trouble too, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Eva has the next question. Would trip insurance cover us if we're doing an active adventure excursion like zip lining or deep water diving? Many of the plans, and this is where you really need to read the details in your plans. It depends upon the plan. There are some plans out there that you can get that will actually cover deep water scuba diving um, uh, that are available in the market. Uh, zip lining, generally speaking, that's not a problem. They, the insurance companies don't consider that uh, that adventurous. But uh, riding or driving in races or speed or endurance, you know, where they're doing one of these drive a car across Europe uh, events, mountaineering, where they're actually using pickaxes and ropes to do the climbing. Uh, if they're in a professional stunt or athletic or sporting event, uh, doing skydiving or parachuting, hang gliding, bungee cord jumping, sometimes extreme skiing or skiing outside the marked trails. I'm not sure what Eva is thinking about here in terms of deep water diving. If you're going down to 120 feet, which is where most of the aquatic life is, you know, between 30 and 120 feet, no problem. It's when you're going down really deep, like 300 feet. Mm. That uh, that they're probably going to exclude coverage for that. Your rest of your trip is covered, by the way. Even if, if, you know if you if you got hurt on the boat and not scuba diving, you're going to be covered for that. If you got hurt at the hotel, you'd be covered for it. Or hurt on the boat, it's only if you get hurt because you have you're going on a diving trip to that depth. So things like zip lining and snorkeling and all that would be included. That's yeah, no problem. Okay, no problem at all. All right. Richard has the last question. What should we look for when buying a trip insurance policy? Well, Richard, for cruises, we recommend customers take a look at a few things. First of all, uh, we recommend a trip interruption coverage that's at least 150% of your trip declared trip cost in the plan. The reason for that is that if you have to cancel the trip to go home because your parent gets sick, uh, and uh, cancel in the last minute, you've got to have enough room in the plan to cover the extra cost of tickets to get home and the residual value of the cruise that you're losing. So that 150% of trip cost for trip interruption is really important. The other thing that we recommend is looking at the provisions of cancellation for aircraft delay. Um, some plans, depending upon how they're written, may actually not include breakdown of a common carrier. We've got several plans on our site that do include that feature. And it's, it'd be very awkward if you suddenly said, well, wait a minute, my flight was late. I missed the cruise. I should have coverage here. But if, you, if, if the reason was because of a breakdown of a common carrier, you've got a problem there. The other nice benefit of that provision for breakdown of a common carrier is that if the ship breaks down, and uh, can't operate, and they cancel your cruise because of that, 
the rest of your travel arrangements that you've booked are also covered. With Royal Caribbean, they just canceled three cruises on Oasis of the Seas because the ship had a dry dock accident, and they're refunding the guests their money and giving them onboard credit for their next cruise. So they're pretty much, they would be covered 100% where I guess they really couldn't file a claim for the cruise part, but maybe the airline part if they, if they had to. See, a lot of people have, uh, you know, they, they've got to take a, they've got to take plane to get to the cruise. They may have extra days in port uh, at the beginning or the end of their vacation that they didn't book through the cruise company. If you booked all that through the cruise company and they had to refund it because they canceled the cruise, I think you're, you're, you're covered. But generally speaking, when people are booking their own travel arrangements now, because they save a lot of money doing it, you want to make sure that you have a general policy that's covering all of that. And you really need to ensure door to door from your home back to your home. So you want to declare the dates of travel from the time you leave the house to the time you get home so that you're covered in full, as well as all of the rest of the travel arrangements that are involved. So that when you've got a mechanical breakdown of the common carrier, you're covered for all those all, all those travel expenses. We've been talking with Dan Skilkin, president of TripInsurance.com. Dan, thank you so much for answering these questions today. Doug, it's a pleasure. If anybody has any other questions, please feel free to send us an email at support at TripInsurance.com. We're happy to answer them, even if you're not buying on our site. Now on to the Q&A session with John Heal, the Carnival Cruise Line brand ambassador. First question comes from Davey. Davey asks about the menu in the upcoming Emerald Lagasse restaurant on board Carnival Mardi Gras. Any news on that? No, we don't have the menu, although I'm told uh, we should have menu news uh, sometime before June. I know they're finishing it off. They, uh, the, some of the people got to taste the menu, mm-hmm. so it's definitely been set. It just, I don't think we're quite ready to release yet. All right. Well, that was zero help. The next question comes from Lori. She says, you spend a lot of time on ships. Do you ever get to stay in a high-end suite? No. Okay. Fair enough. I have nothing else to say except the word, do I heck? <laughs> no. My cabin is ready for an old cruise director joke. My cabin is so far below the water. My cabin steward is Jacques Cousteau. Womp, womp, womp. Next question comes from Ron. Ron asks, you basically serve as the middleman between the guests and the executives, a.k.a. the beards. What's the toughest part of that? Um, sometimes um, I let them know things that maybe they don't want to hear. Not that they don't want to hear the news, but it's sometimes it's like, really? I had no idea. And I have to say, well, yeah, I think it's maybe tight. So I have to have a foot in both court, both sides of the court. Kristen has the next one. How has the job of cruise director changed since you first started? Uh, so many changes. I mean, the whole job itself, uh, as far as the specifics and the scheduling, and it's a little bit more um, designed, as whereas we were pretty much left to fend for ourselves when the ropes were let go. So um, the, the group of cruise directors we have now, I think, are the best we've ever had. Scott asks, do you ever miss having one ship you can call home for an extended period of time? Um, absolutely, I do. But then there's a counteraction to that, which then I, I would miss being with, with the family. So I'm a bit old to live on a ship for six or seven months now. We'll do one more from Ellen. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? If Well, if I wasn't doing this, Ellen, um, I've got this idea to start a cruise radio station. Now, okay. <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to go around bothering people, sticking mm-hmm. microphones in their face and earning lots of money. No, no. I think I will sit and grow vegetables. 
At one point, you told me you were working on a book. Are you still doing that? Okay, the book is done. I can't publish it until I no longer am part of this brilliant company. But it's going to be published. Yes, it will be published. Yes, okay. there's nothing in it that's bad about the, the company I work for. It's just, I think it's only fair that because it is about my life that it is published when it actually my working life stops with Carnival. All right, all right, fair enough. We've been talking with Senior Cruise. Correction, brand ambassador of Carnival Cruise Line, John Heald. By the way, John, if you want to buy Cruise Radio, two million, it is all yours. I'll go away. You'll never see me again. You'll two never million see me again. rubles, right? You're a pound. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, after Brexit, we might be worth that. <laughs> You're worth far more than that. It's a pleasure to be with you, John. Again. Always good seeing you, my friend. Thanks, matey. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.